Blog Talk Radio, Jerry McGee of Abiding Life Ministries, and the program is Overcoming Life's Obstacles. Uh, we be um, on the radio the first and the and the third Tuesdays of each month from six to eight p.m. and be teaching on overcoming life's obstacles. Um, basically, these are principles that the Lord's taught me over the years years of how to overcome. The promises of God are to the overcomer, not to the overcome. And there are certain biblical principles that God wants to teach us uh, in order that we can live an overcoming Christian life. Um, Abiding Life Ministries, uh, our address is Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas. My personal email is jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G like George, E like Edward, R like Robert, I like Ivy. M like Mary, C like Cat, G like George, H like Henry, E like Edward, and E like Edward again at S like Sam, B like Boy, C like Cat, global.net. You can email me at that address. In fact, I would love to hear from you if you're blessed program. Uh, I'd be glad to uh, answer any questions you might have. And at the end of the program, if you want to uh, have special prayer, if you'll call in to 646 595 uh, 4784 and don't forget to press 1 and then I'll be happy to pray for you personally you can go to my website at jerrymcgee.com that's just my name at jerrymcgee.com and it'll take you to my website and on my website there's all kinds of uh, CDs you can listen to for free there's uh, articles that you can print out um, my son's testimony, uh, he died of AIDS in 1989, and his testimony, uh, well, this testimony was made 13 days before he died of AIDS. And, uh, in fact, you can go on to YouTube.com and pull up Todd's Greatest Regret, and that's T-O-D-D-S, uh, Todd's Greatest Regret, and you can see his testimony that was made 13 days before he died of AIDS. And praise Jesus. He came to Jesus with his whole heart, and I had prayed for him for 20 years, and I can thank God that uh, had it not been for this son, I probably would have never had a prayer life, but for 20 years, I prayed for the salvation of this young man who had been into homosexual lifestyle from the time he was three years old, and um, anyway, um, thank God that he came to Jesus with his whole heart. He told me that from the time he was three years old, he was driven toward that sin when he was at a neighbor's house and he saw a pornographic picture. Um, we didn't have pornography in our house, but he saw a pornographic picture of an orgy. It wasn't even a homosexual orgy. And he said, Mom, from the minute I looked at that picture, I was driven toward that sin. So spirits can enter you through your eye gates and through what you hear, see, or listen to. Besides what you do when you sin, you know, God says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And um, anyway, tonight or today or whenever you're listening, you may be listening in the daytime or you may be listening at night, but the message tonight is uh, reproofs of discipline, which discipline is a way of life. Sometimes we think of discipline as God given us a whipping, but not necessarily. Uh, he disciplines, the scripture says, he disciplines every son whom he loves. Um, and basically the, the, the discipline is to correct mistakes because all of us are a work in progress and all of us have areas of our life that isn't in alignment with the word of God. 
And so God uses our trials, if we're wise, to go to him and ask what he's trying to teach us through the trials we're going through and then repent accordingly to everything that he tells us, whatever he tells us to do, whatever sins we need to repent of, and to repent and realign ourselves with the word of God. And that's what the purpose of discipline is. The scripture says in Romans 8 that everything works together for good to those that love the Lord, to the called according to his purpose. And most people stop right there. Everything works together for good to those that love the Lord. Well, it doesn't unless we let that trial conform us into the image of Christ. So the purpose of the trial that we go through is for us to come into alignment with the word of God and be more conformed in the image of Christ. And that's a process basically that takes a lifetime. A lifetime. It's a it's the sanctification process. You know, God tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And the way we do it is when we go through things to ask God questions. The scripture says in, in um, James 1 that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and upbraids not. So when we go through trials, we ask God to give us his wisdom. Uh, what are you trying to teach me, Lord? Who, where, how, where, what, what and when? And then you uh, repent, confess your sin, because the scripture says if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And when we do that, we align ourselves with the word of God and we're more conformed into the image of Christ by receiving his discipline. You know, many times I asked a little girl once at a seminar, I said, does your mother ever discipline you? And she said, oh, yeah. Boy, does she. said, she knocked me up against the bathroom wall. You know, that's child abuse. That's not discipline. But uh, we think of discipline as just God just giving, whipping up on us. But he doesn't. He disciplines us because he loves us, because he wants to correct us, because he wants us to be happy. <clears throat> he wants us to be blessed. And to be blessable, we have to receive his discipline. Now, if we don't listen to his discipline, we don't listen to him, well, he will uh, discipline us and he will bring correction. It will be painful. <clears throat> the scripture says in Proverbs seventeen eleven, a rebellious man seeks only evil, so a cruel messenger will be sent against him. So whenever we don't align ourselves with the word of God, then uh, we, we put ourselves under God's judgment. So we need to be uh, sons and daughters that listen. In Hebrews 12, it says if we don't receive God's discipline, of which all have become partakers, we're bastards and not even sons. <clears throat> so God's going to discipline every one of us who claim the name of Christ. But if we don't receive that discipline by going to him and um, finding out what it is he's trying to teach us and aligning our life with the word of God, then... Um, the scripture says uh, if we're a person that's not disciplined, we're, we're bastard children. We don't even belong to him. So you see how important it, how important it is for us to receive God's discipline in every trial that we go through. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, I think about myself, you know, for years, uh, I would carry out, I, I carried around a cloud of guilt all the time. In fact, somebody said to me, what, why are you always saying you're sorry? And, of course, that came in, really came in through growing up with with a mother who when enabled me and never really, she would put guilt trips on you instead of just uh, using the rod on you like God uh, says to do. <clears throat> and so I would carry around a cloud of guilt. Uh, others of us carry around condemnation all the time, live under a, cl- a cloud of condemnation. And, you know, when we live under guilt, we're basically saying the blood of Jesus wasn't enough. We're not confessing our sin. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And we put that under the blood of Jesus, we shouldn't carry around the spirit of guilt. And the scripture says in Romans 8, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And most people say, well, that, that settles it right then. But it goes on to say those who walk in the spirit and not the flesh. So if I'm living under a cloud of condemnation, it means I'm walking in the flesh and I need to repent. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And uh, over the years, I've encountered many people who have a yeah, but attitude. And what I mean by that is you can try to give them a a scriptural principle and they'll say, yeah, but. Uh, I remember once uh, trying to give some truth to a a lady, and I said, um, 
you know, really you, you have a hard time resting because you're under a curse in Deuteronomy 28. It says there'll be no resting place for the sole of your feet. And Jesus said, if you lack rest, come unto him, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and he'll give us rest. And her comment was, no. Uh, and she said it very angry. I haven't got rest because I have to be married. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to work. And I thought, oh, dear Lord, have mercy on this lady because she was cursing herself. You know, uh, Jesus said he came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And a lot of times these people that have a yeah, but attitude, they really have a religious spirit. They deal with they deal with the outward, but they never deal with their heart issues. And you can share God's word to them on any subject. And... Um, and since they follow after their own vain imaginations, um, they'll respond with saying, yeah, but that's really not what I believe. I believe this. Well, can I tell you that what I believe and what you believe doesn't count um, when it comes to the word of God? It's God's word is the plumb line, and we have to align ourselves with the word of God. And if we have a yeah, but attitude, we're people that sweep things under the rug and we never deal with it. And I've seen over the years, I've discovered that this type of person has little interest in the truth of what God's word says. Basically, uh, much less, uh, they have little truth, little desire for the truth, but also uh, they, they're not the least bit concerned about dying to their flesh when Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. They have a religious spirit. Um, they believe in Jesus with their head but they've never had a heart transformation uh, uh, to bring about a born-again experience with the Lord. You know, I've discovered that when I, when I became born again, all of a sudden, I didn't want my way anymore. All of a sudden, and, and of course, there was degrees of God working a lot of that out of me, but my heart's desire was to please God. And I believe that that's a good sign that you're born again, is if you want to please God. Doesn't mean you're perfect, doesn't mean you've arrived, it doesn't mean you're not a work in progress still. In fact, you'll be a work in progress until the day you enter eternity. But we need to constantly be overcoming things um, so that we can enter the promised land. The promised land is the overcoming life. And I found this spirit many times to be tied in with a spirit of perfectionism or performance, which basically is just a Pharisee religious spirit. Uh, this type of person only deals with the outward. They don't deal with heart issues. They sleep under things under the rug, and guess what? That's where it stays, under the rug. And when things stay, stay under the rug, they become a festering sore. They open us up to vexation. They open us to pain and sickness and disease. Uh, a person with a religious spirit or performance spirit or perfectionistic spirit, they base their worth on what they do uh, rather than uh, what God's word says. Uh, because he says you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But a person with a religious Pharisee spirit, they base, they, they, they base their, their, their worth on what they do, and they have a hard time receiving correction because if I, if I receive correction, it means there's something wrong with me and I have to be perfect. And so they, they can't acknowledge. And these, these, these type of people blame shift. Uh, they're, they, they are constantly nitpicking other people, but they turn. They don't see their self. They turn right around, and they're doing the very same thing, only worse. Uh, Jesus said, um, "Can do what they say, but don't don't do what they do, because they, their their walk doesn't line up with their talk. Uh, they always try to impose their yokes on you or their way of thinking, um, and they excuse themselves." And God's word has a lot to say with this, about this type of person in Romans 2.17. And, you know, I've repented over this verse because um, it, because it, you can see this is also root to eye problems. Romans 2.17 says, but if you bear the name of Jew, in other words, we're spiritual Jews, uh, and rely upon the law and boast in God, and you know his will and approve all things that are eternal or essential, being instructed out of the law, and you're confident that you are a, you yourself are a guide to the blind and a light to those who are in darkness, uh, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of uh, the immature, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge, 
and of truth, you, therefore, who teach another, do you also teach yourself? You who, repro- you who preach that one should not steal, do you steal? You who say that you should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, through your breaking the law, in other words, you're both in the law, but you're breaking the law yourself. Uh, do you dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. Um, and so that's that's a good prayer for all of us to repent over because whether we have a religious spirit or not or a Pharisee spirit, we have to walk the talk. Peter rebuked the Pharisees in Acts 15 for putting a yoke on the disciples that they or their fathers were not able to bear. In Acts 15, 10, uh, Peter said, Now, therefore, who do you put, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither your fathers nor you were able to bear? But we, we believe that we are saved through grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they also are. And probably 90% of church members today have never had a born-again experience. They believe in Jesus with their head, but it's hard to tell, give a, a, a church member sometimes, it's hard to give, give them the truth and have them receive it. And this is why Jesus said that he came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I found sometimes people that are not even church people are more receptive of the truth than a lot of church members. And this is one reason why Jesus said he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, there's lots of people out there that are not living right, but that are going to be saved. And and they they are receptive to the truth. You know, I have a, a kennel, and I've had so many people come to, to buy puppies from me and lead them to the Lord, uh, very receptive to the truth. In fact, I pray that God sends those that need to hear the gospel. Um, People with this religious kind of spirit, this perfectionistic spirit, they want to conform people into their own image instead instead of allowing God the freedom to conform them into the image of Christ. Um, Jesus said to be followers of his, we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. And I doubt that most of us, including myself, really totally comprehend what all that means. I know the scripture says there's a narrow way that leads to eternal life, and there's a broad way that leads to destruction. And I've discovered the more I walk with God, the more narrow the way becomes. And uh, But, uh, you know, God's true disciples, though we're all still a work in progress, We'll be teachable and have a repentant heart, and we won't blame shift. We'll take accountability for our own sin. Uh, You and I both have people in our life that will just uh, lie. They'll um, cover over the truth. They won't receive truth. And basically, all you can do is pray for these people because God says, don't throw your pearls before swine because they'll turn and they'll trample you. Um, the, the the person who rebelliously and stubbornly refuses God's discipline has a mind closed off to the truth of God's word and basically bent on doing his own way. He knowingly or unknowingly has a Jezebel spirit. And a Jezebel spirit is an Antichrist spirit, and we've been talking about an anti-Yahbut spirit is an Antichrist spirit. Um, you know, and so many times we think Jezebel is just a, a woman but can I tell you, Jezebel is a spirit, and I've seen her in men and women. Um, in fact, if you, if I had to give you an example of a man who had a Jezebel spirit, would be if you've ever watched that that uh, TV program, Father. Um, I guess it's not Father of Those Best. I can't think of the name of it. What Archie Bunker, whatever that program was. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. But it was Edith Bunker and Archie Bunker in this. Um, in this TV series, and Archie Bunker had a, uh, a Jezebel spirit. Basically, a, he had a controlling spirit. Anybody that wants to control someone else, that is a Jezebel Antichrist spirit. 
and in fact, it's witchcraft. The Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and all iniquity is as idolatry. Um, God's true disciples will follow the Lord, and you know when they see error, uh, they'll turn from their sin and they'll turn to the Lord. They'll align their life with God's word, whatever the cost. And, you know, all of us, nobody has all the truth, and God wants to give us. He didn't give us everything at once. We couldn't take it, but it's a process. Um, and so when we turn and we turn to the truth, um, in doing this, we receive understanding, which is the truth that sets us free. Understanding is not only the knowledge that keeps us from perishing, uh, but it also is a necessary ingredient ingredient for us to live in freedom and victory and to and the joy of the Lord. Proverbs 15:32 says, "He who neglects discipline despises himself, but the, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding." Understanding is the truth that sets me free. And Hosea 4 is one of the last verses in Hosea 4. It says, "The people without understanding are ruined." And so from I have to receive God's discipline before I can receive Understanding, which is the truth that sets me free. In fact, you know, when I go to God with a problem, when I go into a circumstance and I go to God and I come to him for, for wisdom, he gives it liberally to me, and that truth of what God tells me is the truth that sets me free if I receive it. And, of course, we're only talking about people who receive the truth. And if you don't have the love of, tr- of the truth, the Bible says you'll be sent a strong delusion. And we see this in the church today. Second Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12 says, uh, For the mystery of, of lawlessness has already at work. Only he who now uh, restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming, that the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deceptive, all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence, so that they will not, so that they will believe what is false, in order that that in that they may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. And we see this with all the things going on in the world today and all the things that are going on in church today. We see so much error. There's a man here in Lindell, Texas right now who's holding a revival. And I'm just going to tell you his name. I'm not talking against his character um, especially, but that he's teaching heresy. His name is Todd Bentley. Uh, This man is teaching heresy. And uh, I want to tell you, if you're interested in a book on a drunkenness, is it a blessing or curse? You can uh, you can email me or go on onto my website jerrymcgee.com and order that little book. It's a little book I put together on drunkenness. Is it a blessing or is it a curse? Um, basically, it's judgment from God that He sends upon the harlot church. And a harlot would be like if you're if you're praying a prayer to receive Jesus. And uh, and you believe you believe in Jesus, you're going to be the bride of Christ. Well, if your heart goes after other lovers, you're you, you're a spiritual harlot, or you commit spiritual adultery. And so, if you do a word study on drunk, drunken, sober, uh, wine, new wine, you see that God mixes up. God has two tables. He's got the table of demons, and he's got a good table with good bread, good wine, good word, and uh, and then there's a table of demons. And so if we are, if, we, if we're spiritual adulterers, God mixes up a wine that makes the harlot drunk. And so the spirit of drunkenness is uh, a judgment from God on a church member or somebody that claims to know Jesus and they're committing spiritual adultery. And uh, we see all these evil things happening all around us in the church today. There's no word. There's no repentance. There's no fear of the Lord. This particular man believed that God told him to kick a man with cancer in the stomach and uh, and hit a lady, and, and it knocked her false teeth out. So uh, God, Holy Spirit doesn't abuse people. He doesn't tell you those kind of things. And so 
we're living in a day here in America to where false prophets are rampant. Um, if if, if a, a true prophet will tell you to repent, in Jeremiah 23, uh, God rebukes the prophets for prophesying prophecies of their own imagination. And he just read Jeremiah 23, and it's in other places too. But what's happening here in the church in America and it's what's happening in the world, if we don't love the truth, we're sent a strong delusion so we cannot even be saved. And so if you're a person who doesn't love the truth, ask God to give you a love of the truth, and he will. Be honest before the Lord. Uh, you know, if you say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. In the dictionary, the dictionary definition of reproof is a reason offered for or against a proposition or opinion or measure. It's a reason offered in proof to induce belief or convince the mind. And uh, reproof in the Hebrew means argument. So a person must be willing to lay aside his argument to accept God's argument. That's what reproof means, according to his word. And the Bible says that God honors his word above his name because his word, he is the word of God. And so a person must be willing to receive the discipline of the Lord uh, to be corrected through repentance, to choose God's way. And repentance is a way of life. So the reproofs of discipline, the scripture says, is a way of life. It's a lifestyle. It doesn't, you don't just repent one time. It's a, a daily, a moment-by-moment thing. Um, my grandson and I were talking one day, and he's a tremendous blessing to me. My son is my pastor, and he's a godly man, and he's a blessing. But I have a grandson that's 24 years old that is my prayer buddy. And we were talking one day, and he, and we were saying how thankful to the Lord that we were, that we were talking about people that wouldn't receive the truth, that blame shift, that you couldn't correct. And he was, he was, him and I were, were sharing how grateful that we were that we wanted God to show us what was wrong with us because every time he shows you what's wrong with you and you repent, you get more deliverance. And it's a part of the sanctification process. And it's a way of life. You know, there's consequences in refusing God's discipline. As I said before in Hebrews 12, it says, if you don't, if you don't receive, if you, if you don't receive God's discipline, you're an illegitimate child. You don't even belong to Him. And you may confess Christ, you may pray the prayer, but if you're not a person that lives a lifestyle of dealing with your issues of your heart, uh, the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the the grief, the sadness, the depression, the discouragement, all those things are demonic spirits that God wants to get out of us. And so, uh, self hatred is another thing that comes in when we don't um, when we don't let god discipline us we hate ourselves proverbs fifteen thirty two says he who neglects discipline despises himself so you see where self-hatred comes in another thing is a person who won't receive discipline is uh is uh destroyed proverbs 1 24 through 23 uh, through 33 says god says because i called and you refused i stretched out my hand and no one paid attention and you neglected all my counsel and did not uh, want my reproof. Uh, I will even laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes, when your dread comes like a, like a storm and your calamity like a whirlwind. It's going to come. When distress and anguish come on you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but you shall not find me because you hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. In other words, God's trying to talk to these people. He's trying to discipline them. He's trying to correct them. And then uh, they won't listen. And so then they call at a later time. They call upon the Lord, and he won't answer them. He says, but they shall not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Not accept my counsel. They spurn my reproof, so they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive, which means the foolish, the simple, the silly, shall kill them, and the complacency of fools shall destroy them. But he who listens to me, God says, here's a blessing, shall live securely and be at ease from the dread of evil. Now then, my sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. 
which is his word. So we need to listen to what God's trying to tell us through the things we go through. And, and you know, when we go through things, he's trying to tell us something. He's trying to bring correction. He's trying to realign us uh, in the places where we need to be realigned. And all of us are a mess. We're all realigned. <laughs> We're all unaligned or disaligned. And so when we turn to God, he aligns us with the word. Another consequence of, of not receiving God's discipline is that you'll be weak and tired and worn out. Um, you'll be hanging on a thread, <laughs> as some people say. Proverbs 5, 8 through 11 says, Keep your ways far from her and do not go, the, go near the door of her house lest you give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one lest strangers be filled with your strength and your hard-earned goods go to the house of an alien. And you groan in your latter end uh, when your when your flesh and your body are consumed, and you say, "How I've hated instruction, and my heart spurned reproof, and I've not listened to the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ears to my instructors. I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the assembly of the congregation, right at, right in the church the church house. I was almost in ruin." Now it says, uh, "Don't go near the, the 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 house, the door of a of a, a harlot or the house." It's talking about a spirit of harlotry. You know, in, I think it's in Proverbs nine. It says, "The voice of the harlot says, turn in here,' and then the voice of wisdom says, turn in here.' And so the God says, keep away from this voice of this harlot that tries to lead you away from the word of God, and do not go near the door of her house." lest you give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one, lest strangers be filled with your strength and your hard-earned goods go to the house of an alien and you groan in the latter end. So you see destruction. It kind of sounds like it could be cancer, and this is not a judgment. This is what God's word said. It could be any kind of sickness or infirmity. Another um, consequence of neglecting God's discipline is poverty and shame. Proverbs thirteen eighteen says, Poverty and shame will come to him who neglects discipline, but he who regards reproof will be honored. Do you want to be honored? God says the only one way you're going to be honored, and that's to regard reproof. Now, don't, don't expect to be honored by family members or people that know you really good. In fact, Jesus said you're going to be rejected. In fact, Jesus couldn't even work a miracle because in a, in a town, he had to take people outside the town. Um, because they, it was the attitude, is this just the carpenter's son? And so, um, you know, when you're neglected by people, it tells us in in um, Matthew chapter 5 that we're to rejoice and be exceedingly glad when we're persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Now, I haven't gotten there, but God's working on me, and I'm letting things go. But, you know, how many of us want to be loved by family members, the people that we love the most, sometimes are the ones that reject us the most. But anyway, we have to let go of our life that we might find it. And that's where I find myself today. There's family members that have rejected me, and I have family members that receive me. And the ones that have rejected me, I just have to let them go. I was blessed a few days ago to get a call from my little sister, who in the past has rejected me, and I think I have my little sister back. You see, all we have to do is keep on loving, keep on forgiving, keep on letting go. And at some point in time, God's going to reward us. And um, I think that, uh, you know, I mentioned my grandson. I have been so uh, blessed and so rewarded by having a godly son and a godly grandson uh, that that love me, embrace me, and uh, honor me and respect me. And I thank God for that. They make up for all the rest. Um Another another um, consequence of not uh, uh, receiving God's discipline is that we will be broken beyond remedy. Proverbs twenty nine one says, "A man who hardens his neck after much reproof shall suddenly be broken beyond remedy." And that's also a, a, a root to neck problem: hardening your neck after much reproof. Another consequence is death. You know, if I say the Lord says and he says and you don't listen, it opens you up to the spirit of death. But if I'm a false prophet and I say, well, the Lord said this and God didn't say it, guess what? The death comes on the false prophet. But Proverbs 15:10 says, he who hates reproof will die. 
um, another is straying from the ro- so you know if you've got to um, if you've been given a death sentence you need to ask the Lord is this one of the reasons have I hated reproof have I received correction another consequence of of not receiving God's discipline is straying from the from the right path. Proverbs nineteen twenty seven says, "Cease listening to discipline, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge." And the knowledge, you know, the scripture says in Hebrews four, I'm sorry, Hosea four, that um, my people perish for the lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge. But God says, and if God says, if we quit listening to discipline, we'll stray from the words of knowledge. That knowledge that keeps me from perishing. And then there's there's wonderful rewards for receiving God's reproof and receiving his son and his reproof is prudence. You know, a prudent man, he sees the evil, he hides himself. And so God says if we listen to him, we're prudent people. Proverbs 15, 5 says, a fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who hates reproof will uh, be is prudent. The prudent are crowned with knowledge. And can I tell you, you can't see that crown with the human eye, but, but angels and demons can see you have a crown, a crown of knowledge. And I want God to have, I want a crown of knowledge on my head. It says the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Another uh, blessing of receiving God's reproof is understanding his way, um, and you will not be confused about life. Because you're constantly walking in the truth that God gives you. Proverbs 14, 8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the, but the folly of fools is deceit. So you're deceived. Um, there's another scripture that says, um, The folly of a fool is his discipline. Here it's saying that the folly of fools is deceit. So a person is deceived when they won't receive God's correction but it also says in another place um the folly of a fool is his discipline in other words uh, a way to explain that would be if i overeat uh, my discipline is to get fat or if i go charge up a bunch of credit credit cards and i have the folly of charging up a bunch of credit cards guess what i'm 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 inundated with credit card debt that's the folly that becomes my discipline my son's sexual Uh, addictions of living a homosexual lifestyle his folly disciplined him his folly was AIDS in fact he died of AIDS but praise God for that folly it brought him to the Lord I mean praise God for the discipline that brought him to the Lord in fact someone asked him what his favorite scripture was and I had scriptures all over his walls when he was dying he didn't die in a hospital he died at home in total peace when his body was literally rotting he was on no pain medication, had no pain at all, and um, he died in total peace. But his folly was uh, sexual addiction, and it disciplined him. And uh, I can praise God for AIDS, even though it was a dreaded disease. It was a thing that God used to bring him to repentance. And his favorite verse was, before I was afflicted, this is from Psalms, I believe it's in Psalms 119, but I don't know exactly where it's at. But it says, um, before I was afflicted, I went astray. It was good that I was afflicted because now I keep his word. And he came to Jesus with his whole heart. And God let him die in total peace. When uh, the nurse from hospice said, I, told me that I better get morphine because homosexuals with AIDS died such a terrible, painful death that even with morphine, they had to be tied to the bed. So I went and got morphine, and I didn't tell him I got it, but I told him the day before he died. I said, son, does anything hurt you? I asked him this question. He said, no, mom. And so I poured the morphine down the, the commode. He never took, uh, he was on total, no medication at all. Died in his right mind in total peace, even though he was suffering greatly. A month before he died, he asked me, mom, do you think I'll have to suffer before I die? When he went blind in his eye, he had Carposi sarcoma, which was cancer of the small blood vessel. Um, he had herpes lesions around his rectum. It looked like tore up flesh on his bottom. His testicles were the size of a huge, uh, uh, or one of those small watermelons. 
he um, his feet from went from size ten and a half to size thirteen and a half. He weighed about sixty to seventy pounds. His arms were rotting. I was we were going to have to wrap his arms because of the infection that was in his arms. And then he asked me if I thought he'd have to suffer before he died. And I said, son, if you don't think you're suffering now, I don't think you're going to have to feel any more suffering. And he died in total peace. Um, but he said that his favorite verse was before I was afflicted, I went astray. It was good that I was afflicted because now I keep his word. And um, and so, you know, the things that we go through, uh, they're hard. But if we let God use this, he'll purify us like gold in the midst of what we go through. Uh, another blessing of being uh, allowing God's reproof or his discipline is that we'll consider ourselves steps. In other words, we'll think before we act. Uh, Proverbs fourteen fifteen says, The naive or the simple, silly, foolish believes everything, but the prudent man considers his steps. Proverbs fourteen eighteen says, the naive inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. And that's a crown in the spirit realm. Um, another benefit and a blessing of receiving God's reproof or his discipline is that we'll love knowledge. And that's the knowledge that keeps me from perishing. That's the knowledge that's the truth that sets me free. Proverbs 12, 1 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is stupid. So God and if you don't if you don't love God's reproof, you can think you're the smartest person in the world. And I can tell you, these people that have a yeah but attitude, they are the world's smallest smartest people. But God says they're stupid because they hate reproof. Proverbs fifteen five says, A fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards reproof is prudent. Uh, another blessing of a person who receives God's reproof and discipline is that we'll, that we'll dwell among the wise. The scripture says that, um, that, that um, walk with wise men and you'll become wise. Uh, Proverbs five fifteen thirty one says, he who, he, he whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. A person who listens to God's reproof and, and correction will be intelligent. Um, you want to be smart? Uh, then listen to God because wisdom comes from God. Proverbs 12, 1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, and he who hates reproof is stupid. Proverbs nineteen twenty says, Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. A person that loves discipline um, it says he's happy. He's full of joy. Job 5.17 says, Behold, how happy is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. A person that receives God's reproof and discipline is is considered a son. Uh, Proverbs 3.11 and 12 says, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. Or whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. So God delights in us when we receive his discipline. Um, and then uh, God's discipline is a, a proof of his love. Revelation 3.19 says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, um, and discipline. be zealous, therefore, and repent. Uh, when we receive God's reproof and discipline, we'll have the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Hebrews twelve eleven says, All discipline from the moment may not seem joyful, uh, but but afterwards it receives... I'm sorry, let me start over. He who, All discipline from the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful, yet to those who've been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. And then uh, God makes uh, his word known to those who uh, will receive his correction and his discipline. Uh, in fact, in, 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 uh, I believe it's in John, uh, God says, uh, Jesus said, uh, whoever is determined to do my will will know the words from me. 
And so God makes his word um, known to us. Proverbs 123 says, turn to my reproof. In other words, let me discipline you. Let me correct you. Let me align you with the word of God. And behold, I'll pour out my spirit on you and I'll make my words known to you. So if you want to go, if you want to know God's words, turn to his reproof. Uh, There's a scripture in Proverbs that says, the secrets of the Lord are for those who fear him. Those who fear him turn away from evil. Uh, When we receive God's correction and discipline, we will be on a pathway to freedom in life. How many of us want to live the abundant life? Jesus came to give us the abundant life. Um, And so when we uh, receive God's correction and discipline, we're on a pathway to freedom in life. Proverbs 6, uh, 23 says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is light, and reproofs of discipline are the way of life. And so uh, in the future, when you go through uh, trials, Ask God for his wisdom. Ask him what he's trying to teach you and how he wants you to line yourself up with his word. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you in repentance. If you're listening, uh, pray the prayers with me, and you'll get deliverance as you repent. Deliverance is just James 4, 7. Give yourself to God and resist the devil, and he'll flee. That's all deliverance is. It's nothing uh, hokey or spooky about it It's just give yourself to God Resist the devil and he'll flee And so I'm going to lead you in repentance um, Lord I, I come to you in the name of Jesus And Lord uh, First of all Lord if I've never been born again I, I'm, I'm willing to Deny myself and take up my cross And follow you I receive you as my savior and as my lord Forgive me for having a religious spirit Forgive me for having a Yalbut attitude Forgive me for not being a lover of the truth Forgive me for wanting my own way instead of your way. Forgive me for failure to come to you when I go through a trial. Um, Lord, I forgive my parents, but I couldn't go to them, and I thought you were just like them. And, Lord, I come to you now in the name of Jesus, and I repent of my sin, and I present my body to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. Forgive me for having a Pharisee spirit. Forgive me for just dealing with the outward appearance, the appearance of of a fear of what man thinks about me. Forgive me for being legalistic. Forgive me for being a Pharisee. Forgive me for being full of pride. Forgive me for wanting my own way. Forgive me for thinking I'm smarter than everybody else. Forgive me for nitpicking other people. Forgive me for basing my worth on what I do instead of what you did for me at Calvary, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, forgive me for being a performer. Um, I forgive my parents for training me at performer. I forgive them for rejecting me. Um, Lord, forgive me for, I forgive my parents for not taking care of me, not giving me wisdom, not training me up in a way I should go, um, not instructing me, guiding me, directing me, helping me, protecting me. I forgive them for lying to me, deceiving me. Uh, I forgive them for not um, providing for me. I forgive them for not having any wisdom. I forgive them for not wanting to talk to me or communicate with me. And, Lord, I believe the lie that you were just like them, and that's a lie. And, Lord, forgive me for being a fainter. Forgive me for giving up, quitting, and bailing out. Lord, I come to your throne of grace now for mercy and help in time of need. And I renounce the lies that I believed about you. I thank you that you're a perfect God. Lord, forgive me for having a name that I'm a Christian, Uh, and knowing what your will and approving the things that are um, essential. But, Lord, forgive me me for being confident that I'm a guide to the blind and a light to to those in darkness, uh, a corrector of the foolish. And, Lord, I've not walked the talk. Forgive me, Lord, for thinking that I'm a teacher of the immature and I've been immature myself. Forgive me for having a law uh, in myself. Lord, forgive me for teaching people that they shouldn't steal, but I steal. Forgive me for teaching people not to commit adultery, and I've committed adultery. Forgive me, Lord, for for hating idolatry and being an idolater, but yet, Lord, I've uh, teaching people, uh, I've taught people not to be idolaters, but I've been one myself. Forgive me for robbing your temple. Forgive me for boasting in the law, but I've broke it myself. Forgive me for dishonoring you and blaspheming you among the Gentiles. Uh, God, forgive me for blaspheming you. 
Lord, forgive me for trying to conform people into my own image uh, and putting a, putting my yoke on people's necks instead of allowing you to conform others into your image. Forgive me for trying to make people like me instead of wanting people to be made like you. God, I just uh, ask you to forgive me for sweeping things under the rug and not dealing with my sin. Forgive me for not confessing my sin. Uh, Forgive me for not agreeing with you, not aligning my life with you, with your word. Forgive me for being stubbornly rebellious, refusing your discipline, having my mind closed off to the truth. Forgive me for not loving the truth. Forgive me for being bent on having my own way. Uh, Forgive me for having a Jezebel Antichrist spirit. Uh, Forgive me for um, not being a lover of the truth. Uh, I ask you to remove the strong delusion. I ask you to give me a love of the truth, Lord. I can't do this myself. I ask you to give me the love of the truth. Uh, Give me the understanding that keeps me from perishing, the understanding that's the truth that sets me free. Forgive me for neglecting discipline and despising myself. Perishing because I haven't loved the truth. Uh, Forgive me for cursing myself, cursing others. Forgive me for following after false doctrines and heresies in the church, going after these false prophets that are not teaching me repentance, not teaching me the word of God. God, I choose to align my life with your good pleasure, uh, to align my, lay aside my argument, to embrace your argument, to embrace your word. Forgive me, Lord, for uh, neglecting discipline, which has caused me to hate myself. Forgive me, Lord, for uh, not listening to you, refusing you, uh, which has brought destruction upon my life. Uh, Forgive me for not wanting your reproof, which would cause you to laugh at my calamity. Forgive me for not acknowledging you, which has caused you not to acknowledge me. Lord, I ask you to remove the distress and anguish that's come upon me, uh, which has caused you not to answer me, Lord, because uh, I didn't seek you at first, and I'm seeking you now, Lord. Have mercy on me. Forgive me for hating knowledge and not choosing the fear of the Lord, not accepting your counsel, spurning your reproof, which has caused me to eat the fruit of my own way and be satiated with my own devices. Uh, which has opened me up to a spirit of death. Forgive me for being complacent, which has opened me up to destruction. Lord, forgive me for not listening to you so I can live securely and be at ease from the dread of evil. God, I've been weak, tired, and worn out because I, I have listened to the voice of the harlot. I've turned into the wrong path. I followed the wrong path instead of following the voice of wisdom. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus uh, to remove the the tiredness, weariness, heaviness, fatigue from my life. Uh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll remove sickness, cancer, and distress from me. Lord, I ask that you heal my flesh from being consumed. Forgive me for spurning reproof and not listening to the voice of my teachers nor my ears to my instructors. God, I ask you to have mercy upon me. Forgive me, Lord, for uh, neglecting discipline, which has brought uh, poverty and shame upon me. Forgive me for hardening my neck after much reproof, which has caused me to be broken beyond remedy. Forgive me for for hating reproof, which has opened me up to a spirit of death. Forgive me for straying from the straying from the right path because I haven't listened to words of knowledge. God, forgive me for not being prudent. Forgive me for rejecting my father's discipline and regarding and and not regarding reproof. 
Forgive me for not having wisdom so that I'd understand my way. Forgive me for folly. Forgive me for not considering my steps. Not thinking before I act. Forgive me for not loving knowledge. Not loving discipline. Forgive me for hating reproof. Forgive me for for that my ear has not listening has not listened to the life giving reproof which would cause me to dwell among the wise. Forgive me for being stupid because I haven't listened to your counsel. Forgive me for despising the discipline of the Almighty. Forgive me for not letting you discipline me, which would cause me to be a bastard and not a son. Forgive me for grappling about your discipline rather than rejoicing that you love me. Forgive me for not being rejo- not being exceedingly glad uh, when I'm persecuted for righteousness' sake. Forgive me for grumbling and complaining about the discipline. Forgive me for not turning to your reproof when you're speaking to me so you can pour your spirit out on me. Forgive me for, for not letting your commandment guide me so that I would be uh, on the pathway of life. And thank you, Lord, that reproofs of discipline are a way of life. And I pray, Father, from this day forward, that when I go through things, I'll go to you for answers and ask you, Lord, what it is you're trying to teach me through what I go through. And, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I forgive my mother and father and forefathers for not for everything that I've confessed. I forgive them. And, Lord, I just break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses of hating discipline. I forgive my mother and father for not disciplining me, not correcting me, not training me up. And the way I should go in the name of Jesus. And uh, Lord, in Jesus' name, I command all these demonic spirits, the spirits of hating reproof, the spirits of deceit and darkness, I command you to go. Spirits of calamity and judgment, I command you to go. All spirits of, of rebellion and stubbornness, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I break the power of fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness. I break the power of every lying spirit that God's like their mother and father in the name of Jesus. I break the power of every spirit of depression, despair, hopelessness, sorcery, rebellion, antichrist. I command religious spirits to go, Pharisee spirits to go in the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus. I command spirits of perfectionism to go. Every lie they have to perform, every spirit that keeps them from Repentance, every spirit that of blame shifting, I command you to go. Every spirit that would deny the lordship in, of Jesus or the deity of Jesus Christ, I command you to go in the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus. Now take a deep breath and blow out in Jesus' name. I command every evil spirit to leave every person who prayed that prayer with me in the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus. I break the power of pride, arrogance, boastfulness, haughtiness, Go now, Leviathan, Dagon, Python, go. Mind control, I command you to go. Rebellion, witchcraft, I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit that came in through not being disciplined as a child, I command guilt and condemnation to go now in the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus. You leave now. In Jesus' name, take a deep breath, blow out the word spirit means breath. Go now in Jesus' name. Praise you, mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, send forth your angels to deliver them in the name of Jesus. Now pray with me, Lord. Fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. In Jesus' name. If you need prayer, you can call in at 646-595-4784 and press the number 1. And uh, I'm just going to share a little bit, and if no one calls in, we'll be through. But if you... um, you can go onto my website and you can order a free um, um, you can listen I'm sorry you can listen to free CD and um, there's books you can order one in particular I would recommend to you uh, you can actually get deliverance just by going through this little booklet called clearing the land uh, you can order it online 
through uh, there's a place to order through PayPal. Uh, I think it's five dollars plus shipping, and international shipping, of course, is more. And I don't know exactly what all that is, but uh, anyway, uh, I encourage you. There's all the curses listed in the Bible of sins to repent of and prayers to pray to break um, uh, to break a lot of stuff off. You've had people tell me they get deliverance just going through the just going through the little booklet, Clearing the Land, but you can order it online. I've written another little book called um, Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. It tells you how to break the negative law of sowing and reaping. You know, there is a law of sowing and reaping, like there's a law of gravity, a law of aerodynamics, and um, the, how to reset the negative reaping patterns is through repentance, and you can... Uh, the book, uh, going through that little booklet, uh, you can actually get deliverance going through that. I've written another little book called um, uh, um, On Grief, and it's called Overcoming Sorrow with Joy. Uh, you can also order that online. A bunch of little books, lots of free CDs to listen to. Um, and then if you would like a, a, um, a deliverance ministry uh, scheduled in your city or in your church, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. If you've been blessed by the ministry and you would like to give a gift, you can uh, go to jerrymcgee.com, and there's a place where you can send a gift through PayPal. And we appreciate the Our Faith Ministry, and it's um, your gifts that help us to pay uh, the light bill and the secretary and, of course, uh, as a minister, I don't take a salary. In fact, um, basically whatever comes in goes toward ministry and printing books and et cetera. Uh, if you would like to email me, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. And um, uh, just to tell you where I'll be, I have a meeting in Duncanville, Texas, every month. It's the second Saturday of every month, and it's from 10 to 1230. And it's free, and you can get prayer. And uh, Duncanville borders Dallas on the south side. And uh, if you would like to attend that seminar, if you will uh, sign up on my website um, at .com, uh sign up for my to be on my email list, we'll send you a flyer when we're going to be in your city or when we're going to be on the radio or uh, when we have meetings that you would like to attend. Um, We'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp um, August the 30th. I'm sorry, August 31st through September the 3rd, and that's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And if you'd like to go to that, go to that meeting. Um, we have deliverance uh, ministers that pray deliverance over people uh, every morning from six o'clock to till eight or nine o'clock in the morning, and you can get deliverance every day. Um, and I'm at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp every holiday, and I encourage you to come. Um, but you can go to lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and get the information, or I'll send you a flyer if you'll sign up for my email. I'll be in York, Pennsylvania, September the 28th through the 30th. And this is this is 2017, if you're listening. I'll be in um, Dusan, Louisiana which is D, D like dog, U-S-O-N, Louisiana. It's outside of Lafayette, July the 28th through the 30th, 2017. And I'll be in Duncanville, August the 12th, 2017, and every month in Duncanville. And um, anyway, if, if I can assist you in any way, then email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. Thank you for listening in. I hope you'll listen again on the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, again, my mailing address is Jerry McGee at Abiding Life Ministries, Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. <coughs> and, if, and if there's no one wanting prayer, then I'm going to close and just by saying, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he make his face shine upon you and give you more peace.